Yo, welcome to the Low Key Podcast. I'm Keith, one of your hosts. And today, um, Aaron and I, we talk about a random movie that I kind of came across on Hulu called Shirley, and I thought it'd be interesting to have a conversation about it. Um, so, hey, we we have our likes and dislikes about the film. Uh, this this particular episode, Tim isn't with us, um, but he is missed. But... Um, you know, me me and um, Aaron were able to hold the fort down pretty well on this episode. So um, I hope you guys enjoy. Uh, also, please follow us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. It's at the Low Key Pod. Uh, also, for movie news and more, uh, be sure to visit MovieMaker.com. And I hope you guys enjoy this episode. Peace. Yeah, so you picked a crazy one this time. Oh, this this was the one that I picked? Yeah, this is the one you picked. Oh, shit. I don't know. Like, um, I think I was just panicking trying to find something for us to talk about since um, Tim not going to be with us on this episode. Yeah, Tim is, uh, he got baby duty. So yeah. we're we riding solo, well, duo this time rather than trio. Uh, Consider the guests and, uh, you know, We'll, we'll come up with some uh, next time, maybe have another voice join. However, uh, we wanted to do something that was kind of off our regular beaten path where we're, we've been doing a lot of like action films and Netflix stuff and just things people have been really familiar with. So we wanted to try something, uh, you know, a little different, maybe more, more bohemian, more artsy. And we definitely got that in Shirley, without a doubt. Right, right. Um, I've... I, I honestly, um, the 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 writer that is this is pretty much a it's kind of a biop, I guess, for like a particular point in time in her life. Yeah, for, for Shirley Jackson, yes, one for of Shirley the Jackson, uh, gothic horror writers of the, um, as you say, put her in the mid twentieth century. Uh, well, well, so she she passed away, I believe, in nineteen sixty five. So yeah, I mean, in her work, um, you know, was definitely. Um, considered disturbing by many people. She was very much invested in just kind of like, um, you know, is is the lottery shows, which is one of her most famous stories. And what a lot of people read in high school, just kind of um, human nature and kind of how easy it is to fall into a crowd or end up doing things that, that, you know, things that are really horrific becoming really normalized, whether that's in, in you know, a, micro setting or more macro setting like we saw in the lottery right what what was it called the lottery yeah so if you like, recall what's the i i never read it to be honest oh, if i did uh, i may have forgotten so so what's like the what's the synopsis like what is this oh man is it a short uh, story the, yeah it, it's only like 14 15 pages i wish i should have recommended you read it ahead of time but um yeah, and spoilers, I guess, for anybody. I mean, we're going to spoil the film, but I guess, you know, for a, a, about a 70-year-old short story, here comes a spoiler your way. <laughs> um, so I don't remember exactly how all this goes down, but basically it's about an outsider coming into this small town and hearing about this, this uh, lottery system that this um, village that she's, I can't remember if she or he, but this protagonist is visiting. Um, apparently, like, some people are still doing it, some people are not. 
um, in, you know, um, neighboring towns. And, um, you know, this person doesn't really know what it is. And essentially, uh, you just take people who, uh, I mean, like this town is even like a thousand people. It's really, really small. But basically, you take people and they uh, take a drawing out of a hat or something like that. And if you got like a dot on your um, on your paper that you pull out, then you're it, essentially. Um, you won the lottery. But now that means you got to get stoned to death. And you have to get stoned because um, I think the ritual was that they did it so that they could continue to have a good harvest. It basically was almost like sacrificing somebody to a volcano, but like set in, you know, I guess like some small time America. Mm. That's it's my small town America. Uh, I can't remember like exactly what the, the, where it set, like what time it set in. Right. But, okay. You know, it was just idea that people did these things because of the promise of, um, of you know, having something good for the whole having a utilitarian idea where you do something bad to some so that everybody else can uh, prosper, even though that doesn't have any, you know, rooted um, reality in any way. Right. I don't, I don't know why that, that, that synopsis kind of, and thank you for that, by the way, yeah. why it kind of reminds me of um, the purge for some reason. Like, uh, uh, keep going with that. Well, it just it just just from the I think in that point with the purge it's more of a situation where from my understanding from what I remember from the movie is that people have that one day where they can just kill other people. Mm -hmm. So in a sense everybody that they're killing are sacrifices so that um people don't act out on those urges, you know, the rest of the year. So Yeah, and, and in the movie day. crime does go down overall. Right, right. And so that was the sacrifice of a few to serve the many. Now, the movie franchise, The Purge, does kind of evolve talking about how it becomes this thing that was being used to basically um, commit genocide against minorities, primarily, mm. which is really interesting. Oh, it get um, that deep. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's literally the subtext becomes the text by the time you get to the latest movie in it. Um, in that series where basically they do a prequel talking about the first purge and literally the government is going in and they're like putting black people on like some isolated place and they're trying to wipe them out. Wow. Damn. We should have talked about that. <laughs> I mean, the movie kind of old at this point. But yeah. that's, that's going back to us talking about action films and shit. Yeah. Uh -oh. yeah, yeah. Damn, yeah. I didn't know the purge was like on that level of wokeness. Yeah, it, it's pretty interesting. Still, still in the in the you know kind of horror space. And I, I didn't give away much. I mean, that's literally the premise of that film. So the first purge. I I will say one thing about Shirley that stood out the most to me is the cinematography. Fascinating like, stuff, man. Yeah. Fascinating, but it's it's even more fascinating in the fact that the movie from from the shots and from the 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 music, it is shot like a horror movie. And for those of you that. Mm -hmm. Have not watched this. This is definitely not a horror movie. Like, not at all. Not even, not at all. But I kind of, I say from an artistic standpoint, I can understand why they did it because those were the type of stories that she wrote, right? Although, yeah, but you know what? I said not at all. Let me, let me backtrack on that just a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. And it's weird because I, I don't, there's a lot I like about this movie. Right. 
but there's some things about I, I I just don't feel like I understand all the way. Um, I feel like that's done with purpose, but I think it's actually to the movie's detriment, and is why it's not getting more claim. Okay. Well, let's start. Let's start with what you don't understand. I mean, we could do the whole podcast on that. Although, <laughs> it, so I, I guess maybe even more than saying that I don't understand, I think it might be more accurate to say that uh, they, they feel like loose ends in some cases. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And again, uh, as we go through this movie, we're going to jump all over the place. Um, but I think a good place to start would be, um, even though that, you know these are not the main characters, the, the two husbands in this case. So Stanley, who is Shirley Jackson's husband, uh, Stanley Hyman, and uh, Fred Nemzer, I think that's his name, um, who is the wife of the uh, second main character, Rose. Um, so, you know what? Okay, and actually, let's give a synopsis of what's happening before we dive all the way into this. Uh, would you mind kind of like just setting the scene for like what's happening in the film as far as like how we start out? Well, it feel like it's been forever since I watched. To be honest with you, but from 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 what we get from the opening of the film, we have a a young couple. Um, what was so that? Be Rose and Fred. Rose and Fred, and Fred is like he's like a what do you call him? Like a teacher assistant to he, he he's um he he's looking to in the fifties. I don't know how this worked exactly, but essentially. Um, he wrote a dissertation, um, and I don't know what university at, but Stanley Hyman is like, you know, I read it, you know, and felt like you should, you know, um, you know, take up um, a semester here, see if you you fit in, and if you do, then perhaps you can um, get tenure and become a professor here at the university. Yeah. So, so he, he offers for them, for the two of them, for him to come up with his wife and for them to stay at the home for a week until they find a, a place to stay. And while they're there, they can help take care of his wife, Shirley, who has been having some episodes and has not been leaving the home, even though she's this kind of, you know, gifted author that everybody knows is gifted, but there's all these rooms about how crazy she is because she won't leave the house and doesn't treat people well when she's outside the house. Right, right, right. Um, but yeah, that's, that's and, and we did, Yes, we did. Uh, you already said like Stanley is, of course, Shirley's husband and stuff. I think I think there's an interesting parallel between uh, the two couples and stuff too. Um, well, for one, I don't know if this is like getting ahead of everything, but one of the, the main oh, things that I that I noticed or or like that I think that they were trying to make a point about was how a woman could literally drive herself crazy or drive herself mad trying to cater to a man completely. And, and I, I, I guess cater is not the word, but just trying to appease him in every way possible, right? Yeah, and so this is where it can be like a horror film, right? Um, right. Although there's some confusion for me about Stanley. Like, I don't actually know. So I don't know enough about Shirley Jackson's actual life to, like, understand how people see that relationship. Like, I don't know if it's seen as a relationship where 
she's being taken advantage of like to the to the i don't i just i don't have people talk about it now you know so the discourse around you know her marriage and stanley hyman himself that's kind of unclear to me and, and the thing is the movie seems to be like giving off mixed signals to me right. about him so like at times he seems like this creepy manipulator like bringing this couple into the house so the both of them both because Shirley does a lot to screw with Rose and talk bad to Fred and so does Stanley and they're doing it together but in a way that's like really crude um mm-hmm. and, and, and dismissive of them and, and what they're trying to do and, and Stanley particularly is really in this film, he is very resentful of Fred and his Ivy League education. And what right. he called, he said, the thing I'm, I don't, this is not a verbatim. They have some really great uh, dialogue in, in this film. Definitely. But, yeah, but he says, um, basically what offends him most is like mediocrity. Mm. Like this, this, you know, inability to like be original and say blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, he definitely brags on the fact that he's been called original before, although he would never say it himself, but others have called him that. Um, right. you know, I I still don't know how to read them because by the time you get to that very last scene, he seems like he's encouraging her to do things. And and he does in moments seem like he wants her to be able to to do well in writing, but like that's as much he doesn't like see her as like a, a partner it doesn't right. feel like he, he doesn't um and his he he's very stifling in a sense too right because mm-hmm. because like when she was talking about writing a novel he kept saying you can't do that like, yeah like like that's not that's not what he said it's beneath you but it almost made it seem like he was saying like it's it's beyond what you're capable well of it wasn't it wasn't really the novel part that she said that he was saying was beneath her it was more like the type of stories that she I talking about the genre fiction and genre yeah because she was yeah. trying to write the story about the the missing the the girl that came up missing right uh uh-huh. dead or whatever and so and and I think it's interesting because like and I'm sure you came across people like that in like you know, in, in school, in, in college or whatever, like these high learned type of guys that feel like certain stuff is is beneath them as an artist because mm-hmm. it's not like, um, I don't know, Shakespearean or some shit. You know what I'm saying? So if you writing like for film or if you writing sci-fi or fantasy, that's like all bullshit or something or horror. You yeah. Know? Horror is really a very disrespected genre. Yeah you think about it you know what i'm saying and and i think comedy is too i think horror and comedy are two of the like most i guess you could say looked down upon maybe well, the, not oscars, so much the oscars and the emmys bear that out though what you're saying right right maybe not as much comedy like when you think about it because there are certain things that's that's considerably a comedy but people wouldn't it's not yeah but it, but it's 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 got to be a certain sort of comedy Right, right, right. Like a dark comedy, maybe. Well, I mean, sort of. I'm trying. I can't think of a great example right now of like what people might consider a high-minded comedy. But like, oh, honestly, like a Summer's Night Dream or something. Well, okay. So, th- so there's that. But I think that functions differently too because of you know it's it's a 
just a retelling of, you know, a different tale and people love that story and they want to see a retelling of it. And it's, you know, Shakespearean right. and blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking more like, you know, people view, for whatever reason, I don't know because I'm more familiar with it or whatever, but like, you know, um, the comedy stylings of a New York comedian, right. very different than, you know, everybody else. You know what I mean? Um, that bears out over and over and over um particularly with people who tell stories who are white and jewish like they like there's you know the way things are seen on a mainstream level um is is very much uh you know seen as like the high watermark and if it's not like some in that vein it's not taken with the same sort of um you know uh acclaim and you know, that just is what it is. And I think a lot of people still have that situation um, as individuals, as women, say, for example, to be given opportunities to do things that people feel like don't fit in, in a woman's role. Uh, right. So, so I mean, one of, this is one of the things that was kind of weird for me about the movie, though, because it brings up so many different examples of stuff like that, but it also will bring in stuff about how trifling men can be and how they move about in society. And like, then they bring up stuff about a mystery about this girl who's missing. And then it makes it sound like you're going to start looking at all the stuff with that. And then there's like this whole story with Rose. And then there's a story between Rose and Shirley and like their um, love affair or whatever the heck's going on there. Yeah. Um, I was very confused about that. They didn't really get into that too much. Well, cause it happens. And then it's like just missing again. Like, so literally and again, I'm, I haven't watched this film a second time, but what I remember was, so, you know, they were building a a, a bond of sorts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they saw becoming physically intimate. And you, and you see a quick moment of that. And then at the dinner table with their husbands playing footsie. And then as uh, at one point when Rose tries to get up to leave, Shirley filling up a little bit more before she goes up the stairs. And you're like, okay, well, this is going to be an interesting subplot or maybe the main, or maybe the plot A of what's happening. And then like suddenly there's like a time skip and then she's holding a baby. Now the thing about this movie too is there are all these moments where like they show you stuff that, like it's almost like a vivid dream like it'll be like different colors and roles will look different and stuff would be moving slower or fast and the music does different stuff and then like you just realize like okay after that moment with, with the dinner her going up the stairs saying oh i just need to go I'm, you know i'm trying not trying to say she hadn't bothered at the moment there's a time skip and then rose is holding a baby and then i'm like oh okay this is like surely imagining some other moment of like writing out part of a story and i was like oh wait 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 because we kept kind of staying there and then the baby got a little bigger and then we were just there and i was like oh right yeah there's there's definitely moments like that that were like confusing and even with like the rose and shirley situation i remember i was watching it with my girlfriend i was like oh yeah they're gonna start scissoring at any moment and when it didn't like happen, I was like, well, shit, why was the whole point of showing this whole, like, tension love affair thing going on? Like, it's, it kind of could, like, you could have took that out and it wouldn't have made a difference to the film. Right? Well, okay, but I think it, see, it depends on, as a viewer, 
what you what you're invested like what what piece of the story that they're telling are you invested in because the thing is like this feels like two or three different movies happening at once and like they're not totally conjoined because like she says because okay like after the the baby thing right you get to the baby and then i mean once say the baby i mean like she's holding the child the child is born and she's having a tough time with it the husband's never at the house uh, Shirley's helping her a little bit, holding the baby because she's just like, oh, this is, you know, terrible. Um, and it's hard to have like a sense of time because they're only supposed to be there for a week. And then clearly they stayed a lot, lot longer. But now it looks oh, they like. they stayed, stayed. Yeah, they stayed <laughs> over a year, it <laughs> seemed like. But, and I, I think that's about right. It's mentioned some around a year in the movie. But um, when. It's just kind of like unclear what's going on to some degree because as time moves, I don't I don't have a sense of like how relationships have, relationships have moved with it. So when Fred says, "Oh yes, Stanley is you know gonna help us get to a, a place to live," and she's like, "What? We're gonna leave?" And I'm like, "Well, okay." Now she's saying that because she doesn't want to leave Shirley and she wants to keep up that relationship with what's going on. And then right after that, Shirley tells her, oh, there's no Shakespeare Society. Your husband just been going out with some hoochies. And then she confronts him on campus and Shirley finds her. And then she's like, okay, I'll take you out to this place. You want to go out in the woods? And then she runs off. And then they're sitting there at the cliff together. And I'm thinking like, okay, so if we don't have the moments where we've seen that they've been intimate in some kind of way, am I missing something from this scene? Like, does it feel less vivid? In that moment when you know, like we see uh, Shirley standing there with the baby without Rose. Okay, so we didn't see her jump. Maybe she imagined some or just thought of what it would be like with her not being there. Some, But then clearly, like, you know, she gets into a car and she leaves with her husband and she's like, well, Seth ain't going to be how it was, da 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 And then you see this thing of, like, her leaving you know, off in the car to her new form of life without Facebook to keep up with or something weird like that. And then uh <laughs> and then Shirley is stuck in the house. And the way that the 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 choreography was really great, whether she's in the house but then the the um the weeds of the house have hit the home in such a way where everything, almost the entire house is green. It's like even covering a part of the window. Like she can barely even see outside. Like she just has a really veiled view right. of the world. But through that experience and through all this stuff that happened, she was able to kind of write the novel she wanted to write by by kind of um, using Rose as a a conduit, right? Source of inspiration for it. Yeah, Rose definitely did help her a lot with her writing, um, and it, and it kind of goes back to like when I was thinking about with the end and how like you have two women who in, in, in certain ways were trying to, I guess, appease their husband. Because when you think about Rose and like w- what she was up until the point where she found out that her husband was cheating on her, she would be considered to be like the ideal wife in a sense, you know, a stereotypical ideal wife, you know. Mm-hmm. She cooked and cleaned. She was actually like very sweet. She, um, she, she she always was willing to have sex with him. Like though that Well, there's like one there's there's a moment when they start getting closer where she says, No, no, wait till wake me up in the morning or something. 
this I, one moment. This this one moment that happens in the movie where she. It was that was a moment where she yeah. turned him. I know he has turned her down. She turned him down. I don't remember exactly what it was, but when she and Rose, I'm seeing these, when she and Shirley finally started clicking, there's a moment where he comes in all, you know, drunk or whatever, and he's like trying to get down. She's like, no, nah, no, nah, wait till the morning. I'm not trying to do that right now. Yeah, but I also think I I can't remember that scene particular, but I also think if she with her doing that, this was after the fact of him, you know behaving the way that he was when he came home and she was trying to get busy and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but the point I'm making is that she is, she, I feel like she was doing the things that she felt like she should do as a wife to please her husband. Well, but remember, you know, she's also doing those things because according to her, and again, see with somebody who's shysty like this, it's like, how true is this? Right. But mm-hmm. um, that whole thing where she said that Fred got married to her despite the fact that that decision would mean that his family would disown him right so she also feels and this is expressed in the text um or i should just say out loud when i read the book um that explicitly uh, you know shirley says well you know you're doing this because you feel like you need to you need to be a good wife because you know he basically made a sacrifice for you so you got to make that up you got to show you're worth it you know right and and she's showing she's worth it in the way that i think certain women are taught to show that especially like what does this take place 1950s and stuff something like it whereas shirley is like the exact opposite of that it would seem but it also seems that, because at first I was like, you know, what is like really motivating her to write? Like, I think like at her core, like most writers, she is a writer, right? But yeah. she she goes out of her way to kind of hide her writing from her husband and stuff, right? But see, that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so that that part of process, I get and have experienced. But the thing is, the film makes this, their relationship so ambiguous. I just don't know if she actually, like she clearly values his opinion as a a mind, you know? I think but that's, that's the, different than wanting to uh, impress somebody who you have a loving relationship with. That's why I'm saying. I think that that is the only opinion that she values. But she does, she begins to respect Rose's opinion. I mean, she, it's it's weird. Like, I, I kind of. Because I don't, I don't, I don't even know. think, I don't even think that, like, I don't even know how much she respects Rose. It's like, she, she likes her because she kind of inspires her. Or she puts, like, certain thoughts in her head that she might not have considered previous to, like, Rose kind of putting them thoughts into her head. Now, Nothing, but you, she she helps her think of those young women who are who have you know who she's. Th- so when when she has that conversation with with Stanley, he's like, "Why are you trying to write the story?" Da da. Because she's like, "It's not just about that girl. There are girls like her everywhere." Right. Tens of yeah, girls. Also, at this time, Shirley is an older woman, so it does help to have a younger woman around, right? To kind of get their perspective. Um. But I think that's her kind of using Shirley for that. Not, I'm sorry. That's Shirley using Rose for that particular purpose. Right. But so I guess that's what I'm saying. I don't understand because to it's part. It's hard to understand completely how much of this is genuine 
on Shirley's part and how much of it is a facade to give motivation on a story. Cause she clearly would, would manipulate without a moment's thought early in the movie. I but think- then it, it's unclear if I don't feel like she's still at that place with just wanting to be emotionally manipulative and that's it with Rose by the end. But we don't really get to see them say goodbye. You know, we, you know, I don't know. Like, it, and the thing is, I know that's typical of what we would expect in a Hollywood movie, you know, in many ways. And I don't need that. But there's so many things that they start and don't finish that it, it feels ambiguous in ways that um, don't really complement the film. Yeah. So I think that Shirley subconsciously wanted Rose or consciously wanted Rose to be like her. And probably and it, uh-huh. it kind of goes back to like the conversation she had with her um what was it husband um Stanley where he asked her her how does the the ending of the story how how does what happens in the any other story mm-hmm. and what happens to to the girl and she said what happens to all girls they they go mad she said what happens to all lost girls all mad. lost girls they go mad right mm-hmm. so you see at the end rose has obviously in her own way went mad right especially after shirley had after knowing the whole time that that her husband was was cheating and stuff well, see i was about to say that, that she's lost because somebody who had the information from the jump didn't tell her like i mean as soon as she yeah, started but, hearing them talk about a, a shakespeare society a shakespeare society she knew what was up and didn't mention it to rose and that's right. why rose was so hurt by it and it was intentional that's you what know, I'm saying. I yeah, like so that, that's a, even as she learned to to care for Rose, that's something she kept from her, and that's yeah, but, but that's what, that's what, what I'm saying. I don't think she ever really cared for Rose. It is a manipulative thing to get her to that point of madness. It's kind of like what we talk about. It, it it I know this might seem unrelated, but it kind of remind me of like um, the Dark Knight, right? The okay. Joker is just doing shit just to make a part make a point, right? You trying to make okay, a point. Okay, but but before you go too far on on that that track, because I, I I can buy that. But then that that goes back to what is this movie? Is it a biopic? I don't know. You see what I'm saying? Like I, I don't, don't know enough don't know about Shirley doing. Jackson to to make that to 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 come up with that. I mean, so so just glancing real fast, and I I, I didn't do a lot of reading on what people thought of the, of the movie and kind of stuff around it. I'm not convinced offhand and I, again i need to look at more but i don't think she was manipulating young people like this to make stories and, he, and if she was that's a weird thing to like that that'd be an honest take i just wouldn't expect yeah but i don't think i don't think the manipulation of rose is necessarily for the aspect of the story she did use her as as inspiration but i think the whole point of, of manipulation was to get her to that point where she saw in in Shirley's mind what was the real truth, you know, because she she put she put Fred Rose put Fred on pedestal, right? She's like, well, Fred's yeah, that's true. Like that's true. Fred's this, he's that, and so like at one point, I'm sure Shirley felt the same way about Stanley, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing that's mm-hmm. contra, I guess the where the contradiction comes in at the same time, Shirley still wants the approval of Stanley after all of this time. So that's why I like, and, and, and the reason why I say this is because 
it's something about a shot like that last like I think it's his last shot of the whole film where he he just finished reading it right mm-hmm. and they're sitting at the dinner table but you notice they never show Stanley right you hear him talking mm-hmm. off screen but the whole shot it's a it's a middle shot and I think it go to like a middle close up of of Shirley right and her That's facial correct. expression yep. and you can tell that for the first time in the whole entire movie she's actually beaming you know and so i think that at on one end she wants to show the truth and how like certain men can be or how you think you trust him but this is this is what really is going on and that you will lose your mind and you will lose trust in him and become a whole different person but maybe on the other end you can have you know you can become someone else but at the same time, even in Shirley's thing is that she is still caught in in this, um, I guess you could say, cycle of trying to do what she feels would, would be pleasing to Stanley. Well, and one thing I do know, because I did look this up before we started recording, is that she had agreed to an open relationship with Stanley. Now... That actually was interesting because I didn't know this before watching the movie. So that put a few things in different contexts for me. Because even though I, you know, once you realize she knows about the Shakespeare Society being bullshit, that's whatever, right? But there are moments if you actually think about them going back, and I haven't watched the whole movie, obviously, again. But remember how there's that dinner scene where the phone rings, right? Oh, and it was, what was it, Catherine? It was, uh, no, it no, was, no, remember, no. Remember, they never, they never picked up the phone. They never got to it. Yeah, but she, she had said that it was. Um, she mentioned Catherine before we see her in the next. Well, basically, she like, why your hoes calling the house? We hadn't agreed. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. And but she mentioned the girl's name. I, I could have sworn, but, but yeah. Well, well, I think, but I think Catherine is the. I could be wrong. I thought Catherine was the wife of the dean or something like that. She was, but um, Stanley was fucking around with her. Oh, that's who he was? Hmm. With that old lady. I thought, well, I didn't, re- oh, okay. Well, I didn't realize that that was that was uh, who he was cheating with. Okay. I mean, I thought it could have been any of them young girls too, like Fred was with, but I mean, clearly some stuff that, that was like on some uh, <laughs> eyes wide shit level stuff was going on with these um, annual, you know, party for the staff or whatever. Some of universities must have been on one back then. If you man, <laughs> like man, yeah. Anyway. I'm like, are they having like, <laughs> orgies up in this motherfucker? I mean, I guess so. Fat man, I'm telling you, maybe it's still like that. I, I ain't been no professor. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I ain't never had them them type perks. And so, so like, you got tenure, you get to join the party. Uh, right, <laughs> crazy ass shit. I doubt it though, but yeah, I mean, I, it, like I said, this movie like suggests cool, so yeah. many things, and I, again, I don't know which university this is. It, I'm so, if, if you would take me on a journey through like one of the four movies they're showing, I would have been really happy to go through any of them. But they took us through like a bunch of different paths. Overall, I think it's like a, it's a really interesting watch, and I do feel like I learned some stuff from, it, especially from that perspective of women of that era, and just the limitations placed on them no matter you know um 
how talented they are and just the ways that men manipulate. Like the, at the end when uh when they get in the car and Fred's telling Rose, hey, everything will be okay. She's like, no, it won't. Like we're not going back to little old Rosie. I'm not doing that shit again. <laughs> she said <laughs> she said little wifey. I was like, did yeah, they little wifey back I, then? I, I, man, where, they, where that gangster come from? Like, man, she she that's what I'm saying. She became Shirley. Like she reached her final form. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Like uh but but I don't but that's the thing that's so, if they just stayed on that particular part of the story more, I think it it'd feel more cohesive, but then maybe it's less interesting. I don't it, it's really it's 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 hard to like really talk through this film because I feel like it, it's so many things at once and the flaws are frustrating. The stuff that's really good is really good. But oh, it, it's it feels like there's just there's something keeping it from being great. Well for one, I feel like I was manipulated, meaning like it's it felt like a, a what do you call it like a bait and switch or some shit. So, so I'm thinking I'm thinking it's gonna be like some type of thriller or whatever and it's definitely not that. Now from a you know cinematic standpoint, it looks good, um, mm-hmm. and like you said, there is good dialogue. I like the music, um, all of that stuff. Music done very well. Sound editor was crushing it. Right, but the story, it just doesn't get me. Like it's definitely not a movie I will ever watch again, and I mm-hmm. probably wouldn't even suggest it to anybody unless they just want to, you know, watch a period piece or something, you know, about Shirley Jackson, but. Um, um, oh, that's that's just how I feel about I it. I just I, the thing is, if the movie had chosen to ground us more in parts of her actual biography, and in like the facts of her life that made her more what she is, and and like I said, even like the thing of like understanding she agreed to an open relationship. If you ever like give us that in the movie, that'd be it'd be so helpful. It's just they leave out a lot of information that if you don't know it, like if you notice information, like you're in the movie, like, Oh man, I noticed this and I noticed this and I noticed this, you know, in you know, thinking back on parts of the movie, reading a little bit more about our life is like, Oh, okay. Well, yeah, it makes sense. That makes more sense now. But you know, it's important to try to ground your audience like within what, what you're, you know, they're viewing. It's, it's also kind of interesting. Like where I wonder what the script looks like mm-hmm. and if a different director directed it, what type of movie it would have been. Meaning like this movie is definitely shot like a, some type of thriller, but it's, it's, I feel that it's really not like, but I think that's the strength of the movie though. So, so that's, that's the thing like, okay, honestly, imagine doing this movie where the goal of it, is to show that descent into madness, but you do it, and I'm not saying, so but you can strip away the comedy elements of this, right? But like you do it, you shoot it very similarly, but you do it similar to us. Like the twist doesn't have to be, like you can keep the same twist and the twist of man being manipulated or whatever, like doesn't have to be that crazy. But I kind of expected sort of a climax of events to kind of take place at that party. And it didn't really right. turn out that way. Like. There's no point where like the drama intensifies or the men have to in any way feel the their more sh- shortcomings are shortcomings, if that makes sense. I see what like, you're and, and, and that it's in any way impacting the people who 
are their their partners. Yeah, it definitely to me suffers from a pretty weak ending. Um, but but I do agree with that. Like there is something. No, about, wait, okay. When you, now we say weak end, actually, so I think that last scene is strong. But oh, that last say, scene, that last scene is strong. I mean, like the overall, like right, right, okay, yeah, because I would agree there. Okay, yeah, the overall conclusion is weak to me. The last scene is. I mean. But see, like it's, it's okay. So the thing is, it's it's weak in ways that, are, because the thing, you've been sitting in a whole movie, and Rose finally gets a, a chance to like see that her husband is not on that pedal, so she she's been putting them on. Mm-hmm. And the only thing that comes from it is, she has a moment of weakness where, because like, you know, they kept talking about like, when you go into the forest, you know, why would a young girl go into the forest and then disappear and da 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 and this and that. And it's like, all right, well, maybe it was a similar sort of situation to the girl who disappeared or just chose not to show up. And maybe, and then they never found a body or nothing, right? But like, however that worked out. But it's like, they're on like these parallels and things they kind of throw out there and like just nothing totally is done with it. Right. It's like all that build up, all that build up, and you know, it feels like the payoff's missing. Whether it's like mm-hmm. with Rose saying something to Shirley, like you know, you manipulated me, or my husband is this or that. Like the film wants you to just kind of like find answers on your own. But you know, as an audience member, I do want some guidance on what I'm supposed to take from it. I mean, I can always interpret things as an audience member however I interpret it, but we've spent a lot of time just talking about like what we even thought happened. Like not even just simply like a, what does it mean? Like a why, but like a what? Right. And that's different, you know? Yeah. Nice. And so I think that's what's hurting the, the ending more than anything, because if somebody would ask me, why did I take that journey and what did I get from it? I could say I could kind of like grasp at some things that I, I understood, and, it, and for me, it wasn't you know overall a, a positive viewing experience. I did enjoy what a lot of what I saw, but I don't really get or understand like exactly. I don't need to know exactly what happened, but it I'm, I'm it would take me a moment to like really kind of uh, clearly state what these character arcs meant. Yeah, and that that was certain other stuff that I did like. Like I kind of like the them showing like the psyche of a writer. Um, yeah, I love that. That was good. Yeah, and I think I think because um, because that in itself is like a, a freaking horror film in itself. So, but that's what I'm saying. Wouldn't it be really cool to show that even? It is it's almost like a horror movie. I mean, that's what I'm saying. The way it's shot can really really work. It's just they didn't lean into. Right, anything so, for too long. It kept like taking a new angle every time you thought it was going a certain direction. So even at the beginning, you think it's gonna be about like the writer psyche and somebody watching a crazy woman do stuff, and and she right. she's brilliant, but she's crazy. And then it's like, hey, I need you to go to the library and look up something about this young girl for me. And again, it's like for her writing. But then like you know, you got roles out there like talking to the dude who like gave her a ride. Da, 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 da. I'm like, oh, okay, like. Is going to try to figure out what happened or like what where are we going with this? And it's like every time they pick up a thread, they just drop it. You know, bring yeah, up a new one. And I honestly think that would have been a more interesting movie in a sense where you you could still cause cause I feel like I could still have that ending, but if I had a little bit more 
for the like the mystery between the missing girl uh, and and all of that story and like weave it into her actually writing the story like kind of like um kind of like what you're saying like if we got her writing and going through all the crazy processes of writing and then we actually see what she's envisioning while she's writing and they're doing some of that they did they they i think it was probably one or two scenes where they but, but they did but they did it with roles as the proxy which i found interesting i did like what they were doing there but it's it's just not it, it's just not followed through like it it started and then it stopped it started and it stopped right as far as like different paths so i mean like one thing that you know and, and in writing i you know i hear people say this all the time like you have to teach people how to read your work you know and i think it's similar to like because you can do something unconventional um and you see a lot of this with people like ralph ellison when he's i'm not saying it's like he wrote a bunch of books right but you know he wrote invisible man one of the great american novels and actually people said that he is one of the black people who was at the start of the film one of the black people at this you know kind of scene of everybody at their party at their home which is interesting anyway but um you can do unconventional stuff you have to show people like what like what these cues mean when they happen and when they come up and i just don't feel like the film consistently shows us like how to read and view and understand like the moments we're in because um, right. they're used but then sometimes the technique is used a little differently i, I don't have like a lot of exact moments to to bring that out but you know a little more hand holding won't hurt <laughs> you know yeah. sometimes not um, in this case no no i mean but overall like i mean what i recommend to film to somebody i mean if you're even a little bit interested in you know uh gothic authors at that time and how they're depicted i mean yeah I'd, I'd say it's worth taking a look at i would just say you know um kind of be ready be ready to be taken on a ride um but it's it's a it's a flawed movie but one i i'm i'm glad it, it exists i'm i'm happy to kind of see you know um elizabeth moth moss do a different kind of role I think Josephine Decker is the director, you know, um, definitely showed some really cool chops. Uh, but, you know, it would be good to, like, rein in some of the ways that stuff is, is that because the artistic direction is great, but it's like is we really got to center our viewpoint in the narrative a little better. And so it's, it's just more clearly defined what we should care about in the story as audiences. Yeah, I agree. Real talk. But, um, I think it's about time we could start wrapping up. You got any other, you know, like final thoughts or anything? Uh, overall, I mean, you know, like I said, I would, I would tell people, especially, you know, literary folks, check it out, see what you think. Um, I really hate, I don't understand like how more about Shirley Jackson's life and why some of these things are shown the way they are, but I'm sure there are people who will know exactly why it's shown that way. And it'll probably you know, there's probably a lot of stuff we're missing and just not getting. But, you know, in this case, we're more, you know, we appreciate literature and, and all that. But, you know, I do think um, not having some of the background of her life, you know, means that we probably miss some some important moments. But, I mean, we, we were invested, but, you know, we just really want to <laughs> understand a little more what's happening in, in pieces there. But it's, it's, right. it's, 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 
you know, I do think it'll, it'll be an important piece of work that people look back on. Yeah. I just think that if Rose had Rose model role models like Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion instead of Shirley, she would have been in a better place right now. If, if Rose had been born 40 years later, I think she would probably been better off. Right, yeah. Like, <laughs> cause, cause I did that, think it was funny when they were talking about, like, you know, it was uh, let's pray for a, a boy because girls, did, I forgot exactly what it was, like, just the world's too cruel to girls or something like that. Right. Just like it doesn't, oh my God. Like, I, I'd be so invested in any of these particular themes if they just would take it all the way Stick there. The one. Yeah. Like, <laughs> just make a fucking series. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Oh, this, this would have been a cold series. Probably. Yeah. This could have been a series. But anyway, um, that's it for me. Guess we out. Holla at y'all on the next one. All right. Peace.